Welcome everyone to this episode of Palmetto Guardian. Today we will be talking about social media, why we joined the military, and we'll have a special guest from Recruiting and Retention. Welcome everyone. I'm Specialist Chelsea Baker. And I'm Specialist David Erskine. So it's the middle of July, months almost over. Yep, getting uh, getting through the summer pretty quickly here. Yeah, have a lot going on, a lot coming up. Been a lot of hot days, a lot of extremely hot days. Yeah, the weather's been very crappy. Yeah, it's been all over the place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're getting there. We'll, fall will be here, I guess, before too much longer. Hopefully. <laughs> we need it. Need a break from the heat. <laughs> it's too hot. It's too yeah. Hot. And, uh, but... It's just one of those things. It's, it's living in South Carolina. That's the way it goes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, so uh, today we're going to be talking about social media and, more importantly, I guess, how it's how changed. It affects us. Affects, affects us. us. Affects us. Yeah. Affects us. That's a tough phrase to say. Affects us. Yeah. All right. OPSEC. And OPSEC. Yeah. Social media is definitely a big part of our job. And not just our job, but, I mean, what the world we live in today. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's social media... There's a generation that has grown up mm-hmm. social media. Um, my 12 year old, you know, holding the phone, and, you know, all through the phone. He's, I mean, he's like, "Look, Dad, do this," and I'm like, "I don't know, I don't know, I don't get that. Go turn a wrench or something." You know, um, but they grow up with it. They're used to it, and it's it's how they communicate. Mm-hmm. You know, you ask them, "Hey, have you talked to your friend lately?" And they're like, "Yeah, I sent him a." a, a a DM on Facebook the other day. I don't even think they really use Facebook. They sent, <laughs> they sent them an Instagram. <laughs> or uh, a Snapchat. Or a Snapchat. And, they're like, and I'm like, no, no, I just asked you, did you talk to them? But they consider that talking communication. And they've, you know, they've shared their whole lives yeah. on social media. Um, and so there's, there's no boundaries. They don't think about it being public, per se. Yeah. And, and what, what type of damage that can do. I mean, social media obviously has its good parts. It keeps us connected and lets us um, meet new people around the world and, and even in our communities and stuff and be part of organizations and groups and all that kind of easier. But because, especially with the younger soldiers and airmen, they've grown up like that, they don't, they're not scared of social media, I guess, is, or they don't have any inherent fear of what it could do. Yeah. And, you know, you see it in the military, it doesn't necessarily apply the same because there's information that they'll give out, not with the intent of hurting anybody, mm-hmm. but there's stuff that they can put out wind up leading to hurting themselves, their, their family, their friends, their you know their their battle buddies, their wingmen. So it's something they have to be super careful and and think about the process a little bit. You know, yeah, you don't want to you know be taking pictures you know outside of your your uh, your talk or something like that. Like, hey, mom, you know, hard day at work or whatever. Um, so you have to be mindful of that. And then, of course, some of it is, you know, reputation mm-hmm. and things like that. With uh, A picture it, says a thousand words. Right. You know, and unfortunately, our, our job revolves around typically a lot of strife or, or, or kind of bad situations. And, you know, we respond to natural disasters being part of the Guard and our overseas mission also. And... 
once again, the intent of the soldiers and the airmen is not to be mean. They're, they're happy to be out there helping the communities, but when you take a picture and you're standing in front of flood waters or something like that, and you got a big smile on your face, there, there's people suffering. You yeah. Know? And like I said, they're not doing it with the intent of this is a joke to them. They're just, it's a little bit of pride in their work and they're, they're trying to share it with their family, but there is a very serious connotation that goes along with those events. Mm-hmm. And that's the type of stuff that you don't put out in public like that, definitely during those times. But like I said, they've grown up with their whole life. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's people who get Facebook started, like, or social media stuff started when. I think kids nowadays are getting fo- cell phones a lot younger yeah. than whenever I was growing, I mean, cell phones were starting to become a new thing. So to hear like a seven or eight year old having a cell phone, it's like, it's, it's just, it's crazy. It's mind blown. Cause it's like, what does a seven or eight year old need a cell phone for? But that's how we communicate now. And yeah. well, we had pagers. <laughs> the next tell cell phones with the walkie talkies. Oh, <laughs> flip phones, man, those things were hot. Yes. Yeah. But you were cool if you had a flip phone. Right, of course, you know, bag phones were the initial thing <laughs> in the car. I mean, pay $1,000 for the phone and then $300 a month to use it for two minutes. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was they, – they've grown up with it. And it, it's, it's just something they need to be a little bit more aware of. Educated. Especially in the military setting. I mean, you, you give away – phones and social media it can give away so much information if mm-hmm. you're not careful. If you're not careful. And so it's just something to be mindful of. Yeah, definitely. And, then, of course, you know, if if you don't know, you know, some of the best practices, I mean, that's what public affairs is here for. They, you know, obviously they help write the social media use policy and kind mm-hmm. of correct way to do things. And so, you know, we're here to help answer those questions. If you're gray on something, like, you know, is this something I could post or couldn't post? It's better to ask us before or, or ask, ask chain of command, and yeah. if they don't have an answer, then, you know. That's not a situation where you ask for forgiveness later. Like, that's something you need to find out, a yes or no answer beforehand. Yeah, and the thing is, is you're not going to hide it. You're not going to be like, oh, you know, leadership's not watching my Instagram feed. They might not be. Yeah, someone will see it. Somebody's watching it. You know, a civilian, uh, another guard member, retirees, whatever, you know, South Carolina military community as a whole is is a big deal mm-hmm. and we don't have to look for it they'll let us know yeah we get messages all the time on facebook with screenshots of people's pages and inappropriate stuff and it we don't have to search for anything like you said it comes directly to us and then we have to deal with it so and you know they've the military as a whole has started to crack down more on this whole social media thing. They didn't really know how to deal with it at the beginning. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, they're at home, they're on this and that and whatever else. And it's not just the military. Even the private sector has adopted a lot of those. But really, they were the start of the policies when it comes to social media. I mean, there's there's plenty of companies out there. If you've had a bad day at work and come home and rant on social media. Yeah, they'll see it. They'll, they'll and they'll see, use it against you. And they'll send you home the next day. Yeah. Like, we appreciate you working here, but we can't have you here mm-hmm. anymore. So, I mean, people have lost their jobs over social media posts. Mm-hmm. So, it, it's just a good thing. Just If you don't know, ask. Don't know, ask. Educate you, as well as your family, because, I mean, I don't come from a military family, so to them, they might not understand why it's an issue unless it's explained to them. 
because when I was deploying, they wanted to know every little thing and they wanted to post about it. And I'm like, look, you guys, that you can't do that. We're not allowed to tell you exactly a time and a date and where we're going to be. And so, I mean, there, there's reasons why. And some people might just not have the knowledge of those reasons. Right. Once again, the intent is it. The intent's not negative. Your family yeah. just wanted to know, and they wanted to be able to put it on Facebook to maybe let your cousins or your mm-hmm. out-of-state family know, hey, you know, Baker's going on here, here, and here, and yeah. here, and there, whatever else. And which, you know, would be, a, but when you put it out on social media, now guess who has access to it? Yeah. Everybody. And just because your account's private doesn't mean your information's private, because no. there's ways to get your information. Listen, there's a whole industry of hackers out there. That, that's <laughs> yeah. all they do is sit and, and get information from us, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, read a quote a couple, several years back or whatever with the explosion of social media. I can't remember if it was FBI or CIA or something like that. It was one of our organizations that does type intel type stuff. And they're like, social media is the greatest thing ever invented. Made our job a whole lot easier. <laughs> they're like, we can tell you what you're having for dinner every yeah. day of the week and when you go to work. Your full and, schedule. Right, because people, people are just throwing it out there. Yeah. And so, you know, things that we don't consider, why is that a big deal, you know? Why is it a big deal I'm going to, you know, a baseball game with 30 people from the military or whatever? Well, it's not really a good thing, you know? It, it, you know, maybe after you're done, you get home like, had a good yeah. time at the ball game tonight, me and, you know, the platoon or whatever type thing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. No. So um, going off of that, we're, um, we're going to have a guest speaker later talking about some reenlistment in- incentives. So we kind of wanted to talk a little bit about why we joined the military or why we've stayed in the military, I guess, for yeah. that reason. Yeah. I mean, so mine's, mine's an old tale. We've heard it <laughs> a thousand times. <laughs> um, boy has amazing job. Boy gets laid off from amazing job. Boy needs money. Boy needs money. <laughs> uh, boy finds Air National Guard. Um, that's where I started. I, I, I was actually not an advocate for going into the military uh, when I was younger in high school and stuff. It was just, it was never anything that was on my books or my plans. I was, uh, I was one of those chosen ones to go to college out of the family. Everybody thought I'd wind up being a doctor, scientist, something weird like that. And uh, I, I just didn't. <laughs> Are you sure about that? They were talking about you? Yeah, that's what they said anyway. <laughs> um, but um, I didn't care for college, and I started working. And uh, actually, I, I cooked and things of nature. But I was actually working at a factory at the time, and um, we got went through a round of layoffs and uh, got sent home and decided, you know what, air guard's hiring. I was like, I really want to go to culinary school and stuff. I'm going to go be a cook. And so I was I was on my way to sign up on 9/11/2001. That's crazy. Yep, I was uh, I was actually headed to McIntyre Air National Guard Base, now mm-hmm. Joint National Guard Base. Um, and they were like, "Nope, don't come anywhere near the base. <laughs> Go back home. We will call you." And I said, "Okay." And so I wound up signing up on October 17th of that year. And by the time I went in, um, cooks were not a priority. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. Um, they'd switched a lot of their stuff over, and so I, they gave me some job options. I wanted to become a cardiopulmonary technician. Wow, that's like a one a complete 180 from yeah. a cook. <laughs> from a cook, yeah. So I went from... So in a way, you kind of went down the doctor route without having to go down the doctor. I, I, the doctor I still wound up in the medical field. Um, <laughs> and um, 
so yeah, I did that, and you know, I guess I guess total, I took a year, year and some change break. But you know, I've been right around that 17, 18 year mark as far as total years of service at this point in time. But um, I have switched, you know, back and forth between branches. Um, but uh, you know, I stayed in not because I had to. Mm-hmm. Um, I stayed in because I've always looked at the guard as as a volunteer situation. I, um, I always made my money in the civilian world or whatever, so it wasn't like the guard was putting food on my plate. Um, I always had options of relatively good insurance. Not to say, I mean, TRICARE stuff was awesome, um, but I, I didn't have to have the guard for insurance or, you know, my day-to-day money and stuff like that. So it was, it was really just a volunteer thing for me. It was, uh, it was something fun and unique, and there was a lot of stuff to learn uh, in there. And it was the option of, you know, I've obviously been cardiopulmonary and I've been public affairs and I've done cargo. So I've had three very different careers within the military. And that was kind of an appeal also to me. I knew I could, you know, as long as I qualified for it, I could be, you know, cardiopulmonary today, broadcast, you know. By night. By night. (laughs) Change over and do IT one day, you know. It's just always the option to learn something new if you really wanted to. Mm -hmm. And I never felt like I had to be here. And so that was good. Um, and I say that was good because I knew if I showed up on drill weekend, it was because I wanted to be there, mm-hmm. not because I had to be there. Um, so that, that's kind of why I've hung around. I've never felt pressured to have to be here. Yeah. And so, I, 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 yeah, it's just volunteer. I, I know at any point in time, if I'm really done, I can be done. I, you know, I don't, I don't depend on it as far as my day-to-day stuff I can sustain you know, without it. Um, but, yeah. Yes. How about you? Uh, I feel like we're going down into another story time with Specials Baker. Because <laughs> there's just full surprises with this one over here. Yeah. Hide a lot of stuff. I don't hide stuff. I just, I don't. We don't for, our, for our folks listening and watching, <laughs> you don't tell somebody something. That's the same thing as hiding. No. <laughs> But when you don't have the, you're not on the subject, it's not like, how else are you going to bring up? I tell you all kinds of stuff all the time we're not on the subject of. Yeah, but I don't have stories like you. Like, you've got some pretty good stories. Like, you've you've lived a good life, sir. Yeah, I've lived a hard life. <laughs> I'm a worn out old man. Anyway, so let's, let's talk about you and how so, you got in it. So, originally in high school, I, well, even middle school, I guess, I wanted to go Air Force active duty and be... I guess, a linguist or an interpreter, and I moved a lot, so I don't like that you're laughing at me right now. <laughs> I mean, I work with you. I have a hard time picturing the whole linguist yeah. thing, but anyway, go ahead. Yeah, it just, it wasn't my cup of tea. I moved a lot. I So each school I went to had a different language, and the first year, fine. The second year, my brain just couldn't put the pieces together, so I quickly realized that <laughs> that would not be a good career path for me. Hopes and dreams crushed at an early age. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I did ROTC in high school. Um, junior year, had a little rough patch, and I was like, I'm not, I'm not about this. I don't want to be in the military. I don't want anything to do with it. So senior year, didn't do RTC, just got my credits, graduated, and six months later, I was at the National Guard (laughs) recruiter's office (laughs) signing papers. (laughs) So, I mean, it kind of just, I feel like I didn't realize it until like a couple years of being in that it was always something I was meant to do, whether I realized it or not, because like you, I 
I didn't join for money for college. I wasn't even thinking about going to college. I did, I just wanted to work and make money, and I wasn't. I didn't do it for um, like family heritage because I don't come from a military background. So I feel like going through ROTC and having that camaraderie and the closeness that I had with the people in my class, and I was on drill team and all the fun we had. I I feel like it was just something I was always going to do. I just didn't realize it until afterwards, and it's the best it's the best thing that's ever or the best choice I ever made because I wouldn't have experienced everything I have and met the people I have and done the things I've done and I mean you got to meet me I know I mean that just made it all worthwhile and yeah the recruiter didn't even tell you about no no he didn't that's right (laughs) so yeah that's that's my story and I went I went I had two MOSs but not complete 180 like yours but it's all led me here and like honestly this is what I've always wanted to do and I never thought that I would do it in the military so here I am you're welcome thank you yeah I'm glad I could help make that dream come, <laughs> come true for you I'm like a little genie or something yeah Just rub me in a bottle and poof I make a wish happen yep I still got two left too so hey no you're not you're done <laughs> this was a big one all by itself <laughs> so no more well let's well, uh, we'll go check out with our, our guest today, and maybe he'll have more ways to let us know why we should stand. Stick, maybe stick maybe he has the extra two wishes that we yeah. can talk about. <laughs> so today we have Sergeant First Class Joseph Glover with Recruiting and Retention Battalion, and he's here to talk to us today about reenlistment incentives. So could you uh, explain to us a little bit about what the, like, all the new uh, incentives that are out for reenlistment and Absolutely. So pretty much what we really want to put out is that NGB pushed down a new incentive uh, to kick off our retention efforts for uh, the rest of the FY. So starting from June 5th uh, to the end of September, if you have your ETS within that timeline, you're eligible for a $20,000 lump sum bonus paid out one one time lump sum. if you are outside of that uh, that window, but it's still within your 365-day extension window, you're, el- you're still eligible for the $20,000 bonus for a six-year contract, but will paid out, it'll be paid out in two installments. So you'll get half, 50%, up front, um, and then on the, the beginning of your fourth year, you'll get the other uh, 50%. So okay. that's, that's really one of the things we want to really get out is that, that lump sum bonus for those, those that are eligible. Uh, for that yeah that's a pretty good deal to be able to to pick something up obviously uh retention's a big deal for the military absolutely uh helping keep our experienced people around um and it, it's good to see that they're allowing you know things like this but uh not only with that i mean there's other i guess benefits or incentives that they have out there for for people who are wanting to, to hang around, do a few more years with us. Absolutely, yeah? absolutely. So, so keeping that experience and keeping those soldiers here uh, definitely helps our efforts and meeting our end strength. So, uh, incentivizing them to um, to stay in and remain in really, really helps. Uh, there's a few different other things that they're eligible for. So, uh, if, if they don't want to, you know, quite take that leap and and do another six year um, contract, there is a two year extension. Uh, it has to be MOS uh, qualified, all right, and it's a four thousand lump sum bonus. So you, if you're in your first term and you're just you're unsure if you want to fully extend, then there are alternate uh, options, and that's that's one of them. You extend for two years and you get that four K bonus. 
So that's that's one of the those are the two actual uh, cash bonuses. Um, but then there's additional uh, incentives and benefits uh, that that you can get as well. Um, you got the GI Bill kicker for ones who plan on going to school or attending school. Uh, you can extend uh, after your third year. Uh, you're eligible to extend for that incentive, or you're eligible once you uh, on top of your extension uh, bonus. You can choose uh, one of uh, the kicker, the bonus, or student loan repayment. So that's a $350 uh, kicker. Um, and then if it's something that you feel like you, you know, maybe you have student loans or somehow uh, you know you plan on going to school and the school that you're attending you know, may not be fully covered by the tuition and the, the cap money that we receive or any other incentives or benefits that you're, you're already receiving, you can actually extend for a $50,000 student loan repayment and you do not have to have a, a loan, a qualifying loan at the time. So once you do start and you enroll and then you do have a qualifying loan, 12 months after that loan, uh, 12 months you can actually start requesting that, that payoff. Um, for ones that do have um, pre-existing loans, say you know uh, you have anywhere from you know a semester or up to fifty thousand uh, dollars, you all you have to do is you provide us your your uh, the documentation and you're eligible for that. So ultimately, you can actually get a twenty thousand dollar extension bonus and fifty thousand dollars student loan repayment with or without pre-existing loans, uh, worth up to seventy thousand uh, dollars to to help you out. So that's, that's one thing that's definitely changed where it used to be where you get one or the other. Mm -hmm. Now you can actually combine it. So whether that's the $20,000 um, six-year six year extension uh, with the GI Bill kicker or the student loan repayment. So. Now the, the two-year extension $4,000 bonus, is that up until September as well, like the $20,000 or? No. That's um, nope. So the lump sum, the really only difference is the if you at ETS mm -hmm. from now until 30 September, your actual payment of the $20,000 is the only thing that changes. That's going to be a lump sum one-time payment of the 20, 20 grand. Um, normally, if so, so if like I said before, if you're within your your 365-day window um, reenlistment window, then you're still eligible for that $20,000 bonus. But anything after 30 September will be paid out in two installments. So a 50% installment initially, and then on the fourth year, it will be uh, that additional 50%. So, yeah. And from what I can tell, I mean, I've been around a little bit military, but these are some pretty strong incentives that they're bringing to the table because this stuff, you know, changes from time to time. But, uh, it really does seem like they got a, a really good package, especially you know the education benefit type stuff with the kicker bill and and the and the student loan repayment. Um, now, as it goes in in the garden and any military service, you got units and MOSs that people just like. That's where they go. Absolutely. They get full, they get flooded, they got excess people floating around. And then on the other hand, you got MOSs where there's not a whole lot of people either they don't know about it or it's stuff that you know people don't generally think about doing okay. um but you know is there any benefit for those folks that are out there that are in these kind of flooded that maybe can't get promoted and stuff like that to look at changing to um i guess one of these less filled mos areas so we do have an mos conversion bonus uh so if you are sit, say you're sitting in a, an excess position uh, you have to be you have to either transfer 
or agree to fill a, uh, an MOS within the state that's at 90% uh, strength or less. And if you, you do so, uh, once you become MOS qualified, that's when you will receive that $4,000. It's actually a $4,000 lump sum bonus. So it, it gives you uh, an opportunity to not only um, have uh, forward, uh, forward progression in your career uh, or career progression, but it allows you to actually get an incentive to help fill a, a, an MOS that we, that we need in the state. Um, you know, sometimes you get you know, those low-density MOSs that are just hard to fill. And if you qualify for it, why not incentivize you to, to, hey, help us out. This also can benefit you for career progression later down the road. So yeah. I, really, I really think that some of these incentives, um, you know, it's, we, of course, you want, we want people to extend. We want people to stay within the ranks because we, we need you. We, we, you know, we've invested a lot of money. The, the National Guard, the Army, we've put a lot of money in that. And we, now that they're actually, they're actually showing that, through these tangible benefits and incentives, so yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of time people when they think of recruiting, they drop the other R off of it because it is <laughs> R and R, right? And the, the retention part of it is is massive. It's mm-hmm. massive. Absolutely, it's I, I absolutely agree with you. Um, it's a very important piece of that uh, attrition management as well. Um, but as far as the retention piece, uh, I think we kind of realized that that is very valuable to us and it's an asset. So, uh, you know, we're doing things already with, uh, that we have set in motion to try to increase those, uh, the retention efforts for the state as well. And just really getting out here and having the, the information available to the soldiers. Uh, uh, that, that brings me up the, the app. So all of this information um, is on the app and all you have to do is download the South Carolina Army National Guard app any smartphone, it's on the, the Apple Store, it's on the, the Google Play Store. Uh, you just download it and under current uh, bonuses, you have a, a, a spot for current bonuses and that's where you're gonna find all these incentives. So the, the, the student loan repayment, the REB, the re-enlistment bonuses, um, the MOS conversion bonus stuff, and the Montgomery GI Bill kicker. Uh, that's all gonna be there and when details, you just need to get with your retention NCO, um, a recruiting retention NCO that's uh, attached to the unit or your readiness NCO, and they can help you out with that. So there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of ways to get this, but I think the easiest one is going to be through that app for these soldiers. So that's good. That's good. And um, with the app, if something were to change or new things come out, obviously they're updated there. So that's just a good place to stay kind of on top of Absolutely. what's going on. So, yeah, so what's what's here today may be different tomorrow. So it is a really good platform for the latest and greatest, and they actually uh, push notification. So if anything does change, you can get notified through the app saying, hey, well, the, the just whenever the uh, the $20,000 lump sum came for these these uh, window of soldiers, uh, that was that you would have got it notified. So it's a... That, that information changes on a daily basis. Any Anytime there's any changes to incentives or benefits, it gets processed through that app. So, Now, I'm going to switch gears just a little bit here with you because, you know, for a lot of military folks, the only time we deal with recruiting and retention is our recruiter. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. first time in, some guy, some woman, lady, you know, telling us all the greatest and, do all this mass amount of paperwork and we we sign them and then that's it and we're done we sail off into our our careers but recruiting and retention does a a lot 
in the background of things. And if you got a minute, could you just kind of give us, you know, it doesn't have to be overly detailed, but just kind of a, a brief overview of kind of all the moving parts of, of recruiting and retention and how y'all are spread out through the, the state and stuff. Okay, so yeah, there are, we, there's a lot of things we do behind the scenes as far as uh, actually getting uh, someone in the National Guard. Um, but just like you said, as far, we do have that retention piece as well. Um, so there's efforts of, we're, we're, we're a young force in recruiting right now. Um, we got a lot of brand new people, a lot of brand new uh, faces, and a lot, of, a lot of motivated people out there. So just getting them up, uh, up to speed on everything they need to know on all three tenets of strength maintenance. Um, as far as recruiting goes, um, you know, they, they want to, uh, whenever, whenever you're, I know the, the whole uh, stereotypical, <laughs> oh, my recruiter lied or whatever. Right. But that's, that's really not true. Uh, our guard soldiers uh, and our guard recruiters are, are a lot different than um, you know some of these uh, our counterparts on active duty. Um, not not bashing them at all. They do a, they do a fine job. One team one fight. Um, but I, I really think that what sets us apart is the fact that our recruiters uh, they care. They care about what they're doing. They care about the people that we're we're enlisting, and they they had to follow through. Um, if you're doing this thing the right way, uh, you're going to have regardless if you recruit for three years, if you recruit for ten years, you're always going to be that neutral person where your recruit can come back to you and say, hey, you know, I'm getting told this, can you help me out with this, can you help me do my, um, my education requests, my tuition assistance uh, paperwork. Uh, I know so many recruiters that take additional time uh, on the weekends that go uh, to, to uh, their unit drills, help soldiers out, help them doing their, uh, their CAP applications for, their, for the education incentives that are uh, done through the state, um, helping them uh, submit college applications. There's all kind of stuff that we don't really see that it's almost like the service after the cell. Hey, let me take care of you. Um, and, and that's what we want. And that's, that's what we want to, uh, to get the cross that, hey, we're not just here today, gone tomorrow. We're here for you throughout your entire career. If you have any questions, we, we can definitely be there to, uh, to help you out. So. Yeah, and and the National Guard brings, a, and and this is always true. The National Guard in general, this uniqueness is is we're the recruiters aren't recruiting, and say Arizona or something like that, and their next duty station is going to be in Alaska. These recruiters are recruiting people in their local churches and their their schools, maybe where their kids go to high school or so. Towns. Right. Absolutely. So the, these people, they're gonna work with or run into you know on a, on a regular basis so you're recruiting your community where where Absolutely. you live and and that that's an important thing because you know you, you mentioned you know the the whole stigma of the my my recruiter lied to me but these are people that they they work and live with it's their family slash community in south carolina so of course they're going to treat them right they're going to make sure they give them the best well just like we were talking about policy changes really most of the time um where they're the, if someone feels like their recruiter didn't wasn't upfront with them, it's a lot. Of, something had changed from the time that that person enlisted to the time that they find out about that change. So, you know, me personally, I um, I actually when I came back, I enlisted. I had a six thousand dollar bonus, and then when I get back from AIT, it's twenty thousand dollar bonus. So I had questions. I didn't. I wasn't gonna say, oh, my recruiter, you know, lied to me because the policy changed. Right. A lot of times, it's really just knowing, hey, did this policy change and be able to show that. Right. So um, so I, th I really think that's where the misconception comes from 
It's just they don't understand the process of it or how the policy changes so rapidly because it's ever it's an ever changing uh, environment for us. So. And that's a good point for you know younger soldiers or new soldiers coming in, and even even some of the soldiers are a little bit longer in the tooth. When you're doing these things, you know, call and ask questions. I mean, that's what the resource is Absolutely. there for. You know, if you Absolutely. got a question, like you said, you went to AIT or whatever, and you, you get back, hey, you call say, hey, listen, is, is this changed? You know, was there a new policy? And you find out that information and you move from there. But you know, that's a large part of what y'all y'all do and provide. And I think the new soldiers and the soldiers that have been in airmen also for uh, their their side of the house um, you got to look at recruiting and retention as a resource y'all have mass amounts of information um, there's no reason not to use it absolutely absolutely uh, so well we hope with recruiting and i actually talked to y'all's marketing section folks the other day um, we're hoping we're recruiting to maybe get y'all on here on a little bit more regular basis and, and put out more information and help y'all with that because there's there's all kinds of stuff to talk about I mean, critical needs MOSs y'all not not even getting into the fact all the community events y'all y'all do and school visits and football games and banners and all the local recruiters in the area we could do show after show on y'all i think it's a very uh positive platform you know uh, an another tool for them another way that they can see and get information and i think that's information is key especially um the, the newer soldiers just understanding what the guard mission is some of these guys from the time that they're recruited to the time that you know they're in you know 12 you know 18 months they really may not know exactly what their mission is and see the big picture of it and you know, going back to 2015, you know, when we responded to the, the, the thousand year floods, you know, that's the big mission. That's why we do the things we do. That's why they may not understand it right now, but as they, they mature as soldiers, they're like, okay, this is why we're, we're doing the things that we have to do. Um, you know, driving vehicles up and down the road, making sure our maintenance and stuff, doing PMCS, stuff like that. That's the big picture that they may not understand. So giving them that information, showing them, and once they actually if, if you if you live it and you're called up for that duty, then you really, really do understand, okay, this is why we do this. Some of those soldiers that are in that window who've never had to, to go through that, um, this this could be a platform to say, hey, yeah, this is this is the big picture. This is what we're this is what we're here for. And that's really I think this is a, a good platform that we can we can push that out to these younger soldiers. So Well, good deal. Um Sergeant First Class Glover, we appreciate you stopping by. Hopefully on, on down the line, we'll maybe have you on again. Okay. I Bye. love it. I appreciate it. Thank <laughs> you so much. Yes. So I'm glad that Sergeant First Class Glover was able to come in and talk to us about the new uh, reenlistment incentives that are going on right now. Yeah, a lot of good stuff. If you're kind of on the fence or mm -hmm. been thinking about it, I mean, $20,000 know, bulk payout bonus, as long as you meet the time frame. Of course, you can still get the bonus. It just pays out, you know. At two separate times but I mean that's awesome the student loan repayment mm -hmm. stuff the fact that you can get both and a lot of people don't know that so I mean it's good that we're getting this information out now because um, I mean get it in your contract now so you have it whether you have loans or not I mean that's awesome that you can have both at the same time yeah and then even the little bonus if you just you know you're just looking to do another two years then you're not 100% sure I mean the fact that you can get a little something out of it you mm -hmm. know I mean I could use an extra four thousand if it was my time to, yeah. you know, reenlist. I'd definitely uh, look at doing that. And then, of course, the GI kicker bill stuff, being able to 
add that in if you are looking to go to school or currently in school be able to get a little extra you know money to to help while you're doing that that's great i mean uh, it, it's a good deal all the way around i mean th these are these are extremely strong bonuses and, and good reasons to to stay in that retention part mm -hmm. um which is becoming a bigger and bigger deal uh for the military as a whole especially the guard um because you got so much experience yeah. with these people and like he said they invested you know all this money in the, the soldiers and to let that walk out the doors you know it's terrible not to incentivize it for them so yeah you want them to stay around they have to you want that experience to stay here so that they can teach the next generation of soldiers so mm -hmm. that they can learn from what we've done right and what we've done wrong and if we're letting these people walk out the door then we're missing out on all that exactly so um i hope anybody that you know hears this like i said been thinking about it maybe maybe not you know maybe this is enough to get them to hang around you know a little bit longer and be able to like i said make make the force better because that's what it's it's what's all about yeah keep that keep that experience and those group of people around so and if you're still confused about like, everything that we talked about earlier just reach out to a recruiter or your readiness nco don't let it don't wait like ask now because um, you want to make sure you have the right information so that you're not in the long run getting um, screwed over because you just didn't ask. Right. It's yeah, not worth it. Right. And, and, you know, I think a lot of people don't ask because they're like, oh, I don't qualify yeah. or whatever. They just assume off the bat they don't qualify. Exactly. This, that. Listen, let them tell you now, mm -hmm. you know. Put it in front of them and say, here, here's all my stuff. Yeah, do I do or I don't I? And then let, let them tell you now. Because if you did and you didn't ask, you missed out. Yeah. You missed out on a huge thing. That's that's a terrible place. And you'll be saying, you know, maybe the worst thing you can do is, oh, maybe I should have. Yeah. Maybe I should have. And then your buddy comes back, yeah, man, I got it. Wait, we got the exact same thing going on. Mm -hmm. I could have done it. Got yeah, you could have. Yep, that happens all the time. That's it. And I think that's kind of why people don't stick around. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, the guards are doing their part to yeah. keep you around. Now you got to do your part to stay around. Exactly. So. Well, I'm Specialist Chelsea Baker. And I'm Specialist David Erskine. And we'll catch you in the next episode.